We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Rob Doster here. I got Jeff Goodman with me. Hell no. John Fink. Are we still live? Build a 68 till I die. I'm sorry, man. I blacked out. Randolph Children. DJ Khaled, you know the big DJ Khaled guy? Hands broke up and in. Goodman needs to be fired all the time. Josh Tasker. You're going to beat people straight up. You know the deal. Drink responsibly tonight. I'll be drinking with you. Jarrell McNeil. From the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid majors. This is Field the 68. After that. All right. Welcome to After Dark, presented by BetMGM. I'm Jeff Goodman, and I'm here alongside my guys, John Henson and Josh Pastner. And listen, there weren't many big games tonight, but we do have a loaded show for you, I promise. I'm going to give you the lowdown on exactly what happened at Michigan between Juwan Howard and the strength coach. We're going to let two ACC guys give you a full league reset. We have the best player from an undefeated and 13th ranked Clemson team on the show tonight. And we're also going to tell you why Memphis got Naquan Tomlin and whether he should be eligible this semester after hitting the portal just a couple days ago. Remember, we're going to be on stadium from midnight to 1230 for last call. So make sure you drop all your questions in the chat, whatever you have. Um, as long as it doesn't make Josh Pastner swear for the first time in his life, uh, you can put anything you want in there. Uh, all right. First up, Josh, I'm going to ask you this. You were a head coach for 14 years. Have you ever gotten into it with a staff member? Have I ever gotten into it with a staff member? I mean, look, the intensity of the games, things happen, you know, you're, you're, Basketball's energy, um, uh, nothing of a physical altercation, I can tell you that. But, but you know, yeah, you have some intensity with your staff and, and you might have some disagreements. And, and um, um, usually when you're the head coach, you're, you're kind of maybe voicing your opinion. And usually the staff will just say they, they understand that the pressure's on the head coach a little bit and you just kind of take it. Uh, but that's just part of – that's just part of sports – that's just sometimes you see it happen on the sidelines and football and things, guys, you know, just in the heat of the moment. But it's better not to have those any times of those altercations or, or, or you know, disputes in, in a public setting. That is for certain. And if you're going to have a dispute, you want to do it behind closed doors uh, where nobody's watching. That is that is for sure. All right. Before I get into the details, which I'm going to get into here in a second, uh, John Henson, you played almost a decade in the NBA. You played three years at Carolina. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You ever seen two assistants, two coaches, a staff member go like toe to toe, nose to nose? I'm not saying fists were thrown. You seen that or not? Uh, NBA for sure. Um, but you know, <laughs> it's such a high pressure job. You know, especially for the staff. Um, you know, sometimes in the NBA, it was almost like when guys got into it or there was kind of a skirmish, it was like, oh, good, there, we care. It looks like we care today, right? Like, um, college, not not really. Man. Nothing really happened in college. And like I said, if it did, um, it was probably handled internally and, you know, or wasn't even talked about or heard about, you know, in the media or leaked or whatever you want to call it. So it happens, um, as we all know, 
but you know, nothing severe, nothing of the physical sort, except with the players. I've seen a few fist fights in my day. All right. So last week, the end of last week, uh, in Ann Arbor, practice is starting up, and Jace Howard, uh, Juwan's son, who has been out all year, he's been hurt, he's been frustrated, uh, not being able to get back in the court. Um, he was in the, the the training room, and he was walking out, and he got into it with the the trainer first, and almost to the point of berating the trainer over the line, over the line. The strength coach, John Sanderson hears it and he gets pissed off because he hears it. And he thought that, again, Jace was going way over the line that you shouldn't be doing that certainly to a position of authority to somebody who's a trainer. And again, I talked to somebody who said, listen, it was him losing his cool. Good kid, just frustrated, not being able to get in the court for the last few months. And John Sanderson hears this and says something to the effect of, that's why the effing culture is the way it is around here. Because, again, he's going off on somebody that, again, is trying to help him. Uh, so, Juwan hears this, and Juwan gets upset, gets mad. Uh, we've seen Juwan mad before. He, he did it with Mark Turgeon a couple of years ago on the sideline. He did it certainly with, with Greg Garden, Joe Krabenhoff. Uh, when he, he slapped or hit or whatever you want to call it with, with Krabenhoff during the Wisconsin game. And uh, he went right up to Sanderson, who's about 6'7", 6'8", 270. I mean, he's, a, he's, a, he's an mf -er. he, He's a big, strong strength coach. Exactly what you would think of if, like, there were a picture of a strength coach um, on the wall right now. And he went right up to him, and they got, from what my sources tell me, and this was all – Multiple sources telling me, chest to chest, nose to nose, before they had to be separated. And uh, after it, there was really no other mention. I haven't talked to anybody today, but before that, of from Juwan to anybody uh, in the program, he didn't address the players or anything like that. And John Sanderson did not travel with the team. He stepped away from the team for a couple of days and was not there when they beat Iowa on the road on, on Sunday afternoon. Uh, my question to you, Josh, is, uh, again, this is a guy who's beloved. He's a Fab Five member. He is beloved by Michigan, by fans. He is coming off heart surgery. Those are two things that can't be taken lightly because he hasn't been able to coach. He's been in that first chair as almost an, a quasi-head coach for the last couple of weeks while, while Phil Martelli continues to, to coach the team. Um, I guess what what's your take on this? What what is your reaction when you hear this? Well, a couple of things. Obviously, all the the information that I that I'm aware of it is from you saying what you you know from your source. Um, um, I will say whatever happened, they had a great win against Iowa. I mean, they played at a high level, so you can say whatever you want. It, it, they were they were really good against Iowa at Iowa, by the way. You know, so I don't care what you say. It's a road game. You can say I was been up and down a little bit, but anytime you went on the road in conference play, that's a big win. Um, so credit to them for that. Few things that stick out based on what you said, uh, Jeff. One, um, I think it's never easy coaching your son. I don't, you know, it, 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 that's that's hard. That's that's hard to do, and because that's your son. I mean, that's your, you know, and all the guys on the team and John knows this. I mean, the, the coach, the head coach, I mean, you have a special feeling for all the players that you treat them like your son, but there's something different when it's your, when it's your biological son in a sense. So maybe that upset coach a little more than, than, than anything else. Coach Howard on that. Secondly, um, you know, he is coming off of a heart issue, like you, as you mentioned, and that's, you know, having heart surgery, I mean, those things are obviously, you know, dangerous. So, so, and I can see why maybe the doctors say not to coach. So even though he's sort of an assistant, because once you stand up and start coaching and you feel the pressure and the stress, it's not good for the heart. There's no doubt about it. So I, I would imagine the doctors probably say, hey, you got to be careful, be smart about it. You don't want to mess around with this. We got to keep, you know, again, from a non-medical perspective, keep building your heart to get strength before you can go back into that stressful situation. 
Thirdly, if I was the head coach and I heard my staff member or strength coach or someone say that, what, what you say was said, unacceptable, unacceptable. So I could understand Coach Howard getting upset. If, if that was true and that was what was accurately said and that was what was, was happened, I could understand where Coach Howard's frustration and upsetness, regardless if it's his son or not, you don't make that type of comment. In, in, but in don't front you of pull him aside, Josh? No, don't no, you no, pull no. him aside? I, I would agree with that. However, if I'm the, the strength coach, because I think you know he's known as one. John's one of the best in the business at what he does, and he's been around. He's been with Beeline. He's been there a long time. You, you can't say those type of things where any player, or anybody. If you have that feeling, you need to go into the coach's office behind closed doors and say, "Coach, here's this." You now you can address the young man at the time and say, "Hey, look, that's not the proper way to to speak." And 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 and. But once you start bringing in curse words, once you start taking a shot at the, you're saying something about a culture, which you're part of, you're part of the staff. That's no different than you're in a staff meeting. You're having a prepared plan. One and someone in the staff doesn't doesn't agree with you, and then you leave the staff meeting, and that coach or somebody on staff's going to the player saying, "Man, I don't I don't know why we're regarding this pick and roll like this is ridiculous. It's it's not good." So. I, if it's true what you said, I 100% understand Coach Howard's frustration. His, his for saying how could you're part of my staff, John Sanderson, who's been around a long time and is known as one of the best in the business. If he felt that, he should have addressed it with Coach Howard privately, without making that comment, and and handled it in a totally different way. In my personal opinion, based on the knowledge that I know, sitting in my chair as a head coach. I would have been furious if I heard one of my staff members make a comment about that, about something about your program, which you're part of, which you're part of. I, I, I like that, actually, because I didn't think of that until you mentioned it. But you're right. If you're a head coach, you hear that and you don't know the context of what's just happened. Also, you have no idea what just transpired. You might not have heard your son. And even if you did, again, like you said, you're a dad. You're, you're yeah. still a dad. And if somebody's yelling at your son... You're pr I know if somebody's yelling at my daughter, I can yell at my daughter, but I'm not sure somebody else can yell at my daughter without me getting uh, upset. And, and and sometimes, and and I and I and this was you know and look I I think and John knows this better than e either one of us. Sometimes the trainer, not the strength coach, but the trainer gets the brunt of things at times because they're around the players actually more because when there's injuries. And, and there's a different relationship at times. And sometimes the players actually, not that they're mad at the trainer, because the trainer is going to take more of the, the conservative it's frustration. Approach and frustration. Frustration. And sometimes it's a trainer and they're just they're just kind of there and, and it's not right. And it's not right at all. Cause I've I've dealt with that with guys saying, hey man, you do not deal, you do, the train the, the trainer's not there to be there to be to be your buddy. He's not there to be your friend. He has a job to he or she has a job to do. So I don't want to hear that you're out of here in a sense, but, but, but that being said, you know, that's just, and I get it. You don't want disrespect in your program, but I totally understand where coach Howard was coming from his frustrations to hear a staff members take a shot at the program's culture in that setting. If that accurately would happen in front of everyone, I totally understand where coach Howard might've felt that, Hey man, that, that's not, that's not right at all. All right, Henson, where do you, where do you stand on this? Um, it's a lot to unpack, obviously, because I think that moment was probably the pinnacle of frustration of what's going on in that locker room or that program. So, you know, that's something that I think was building up. He's been there a long time. He's seen the ups and downs, the ebbs and flows of Michigan basketball, and he wasn't happy. And like Coach Passner said, probably should have been addressed earlier. But I'm going to say this. The strength coach of a college program, it's probably the hardest, one of the hardest jobs in college basketball. You got 18 year old kids. You got to wake them up to lift weights. It's not a glorified process. You got to sometimes every kid has a different need. I mean, it is a tough, tough job. So I think, you know, along with that, him seeing maybe the lack of commitment on his end built up that frustration. And, and you know, Coach Howard comes from the old school NBA, right? The old school in your face. We're going to talk about it right here in front of you. 
And that's just kind of not the thing people do these days, right? Like we in in 1995, early 2000s, we probably would have never even heard of this, right? It would just been swept under the rug. They wouldn't talk about it, and they would have wanted Iowa, and everybody went on their day. So um, it's an unfortunate incident. Um, I think it's just built up frustration throughout the program. Maybe he's not beating back as fast. The strength coach is frustrated with the program. And it and it blew up in, in everyone's face. And uh, I hope they can figure it out because this is a legendary program, storied program at that. You hate to see that brand name of college basketball being tarnished by little Yeah, now, obviously, now a big thing is going to be for Juwan Howard, right? They've struggled the last couple of years. Last year, they didn't make the NCAA tournament with two first-round picks. But, but the year Hunter before Dickens. that, they were in the Sweet 16, and the year before they're that, working. they're in the Elite Eight. It's not like they, they've had a little no. bit of tough last year. It was we, we don't know how this year is going to finish, but we can't forget he's been to an Elite Eight and a Sweet 16 already in his in a quick career. No question about it, but he did inherit a hell of a culture from one John B. But he was the head coach of those teams when they won, so you still, he still gets credit on his record for those wins. He was. All right, when we come back, we're going to tell you who will win the ACC, and Henson is not allowed to vote for Carolina. <laughs> As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM Sportsbook for this college basketball season. We're going to be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and predictions throughout the college basketball season, and we are going to have special offers for you, the listeners and the viewers on the field of 68, each and every week during the season. If you haven't signed up with BetMGM yet, Use the bonus code FIELD1500 and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager on BetMGM Sportsbook. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD1500. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. You will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if that bet loses. Just make sure you use the bonus code FIELD1500 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient for me when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly. When cross the state borders, just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to. And most importantly, I got to let you know, we do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts, my personal favorite, parlay odds boosts so download the bet mgm app today all right we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back. Field of 68 After Dark. I'm Jeff Goodman here with... Uh, longtime college coach Josh Passner here with John Henson, former NBA big man, star at North Carolina, three years until he made the jump to the league. And uh, both are familiar with the ACC as Passner was the head coach at Georgia Tech. Again, Henson, a uh, true blue Tar Heel. Uh, but my big question is going to be, is John Henson still sticking with his Tar Heels. First, we're going to get to the Duke Blue Devils, his, his favorite team, uh, who won tonight without Tyrese Proctor, right? They beat Hofstra. It was kind of a battle for the first half, but they pulled away in the second half. Filipowski looked good. Roach looked good. 
in a way, in the second half, they look better than they have with, with Proctor. Uh, my question to you, Josh, is how much confidence do you have right now in the Duke Blue Devils? Because, you know, they've had some tough losses, you know, that, that loss to your, your Georgia Tech Blue Devils, uh, Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, was not one that uh, I, I think a lot of people saw coming. Um, can this team still be what we thought they could be? which is a Final Four contender and maybe even a national champion? Well, Jeff, there, there's no doubt that, you know, not having Proctor hurts them. I mean, they're, 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 they need Proctor for them to probably be at the level they want to be at. And you look at the last two games prior to this tonight versus Hofstra, Filipowski hasn't played well. Uh, I mean, I think he's got like a total of 17 points in the last – prior to this Hofstra game. Hasn't shot it well. They're not winning anything let alone anywhere in the ACC if Filipowski isn't playing like an All-American. Now, tonight he was a, he was big time. You know, I think he had like 28 and 12, eight assists. I mean, he almost had a triple-double. He, he, was, he was really, really high level. And in order for them to be the level that Duke – everyone thought Duke has a chance to win a national championship this year, he has to be an, an elite first-team All-American to play like that night in, night out. And if not – they're just not going to be really – they're not going to – there's going to be an average team or they'll win some based on their talent, but they're not going to get to where they get to based on the expectations. I think Roach tonight had 19 points. Uh, Duke made threes tonight. Um, now, they beat Hofstra. They're off, I think, for like a week and a half. They will be tested, and we will see really where do they stand, Jeff, December 20th when they play Baylor because that's their next game. They're off for a little bit here for the finals – uh, a window in New York. In New York, they play Baylor. Like that's and and by then, I think Proctor will be back. I would assume, you know, assuming you know by then he's healed to be ready to go. That will be the a real test of where Duke's at and can they make a run heading into the ACC play. But unless Filipowski play like he did tonight, which he twenty eight twelve and eight assists, and he was an all play like an All American. If he's not like that every night, I think it's hard for Duke. And they're relying on him to produce at that level. So I think that's the X factor, especially until Proctor gets back. But December 20th, first Baylor is going to tell a lot. Hey, Henson, here's my, here's my deal with this Duke team, part of it, that people haven't talked mm -hmm. enough about. This recruiting class, everybody blew it up because Shire did such a great job, right? He got like four or five guys. They're all like top 25-ish in this recruiting class. The problem is this recruiting class wasn't very good. It was very, very average, and we're seeing that now, right? Like, Jared McCain's a nice player, but he's not a one-and-done. Caleb Foster is a nice college player, but he's not one-and-done. My guy, TJ Power, who I love, can barely get off the bench right now, right? Like, mm -hmm. Sean Stewart can barely get off the bench. This isn't what you think of when you think of, like, a number two recruiting class in the country. You got to kind of put it in context. This class wasn't that good overall, John. Yeah, but – in about six months, right, you know, they've got a generational talent coming. I think Cooper Flag, right, coming in next year, right? Yeah. So they'll be fine. I think we forget Duke. This is their first year under Shire where the target was really on their back, right? Like last year they kind of struggled and pushed towards the end. So now Filipowski's dealing with double teams, he's dealing with different schemes. So tonight he did a really good job of – moving the ball around, trying to get his guys open, hey, making a quick decision, not forcing anything. And that's how he's going to have to play with this team he has around him because he is going to be the focal point, especially until Proctor gets back and Roach kind of finds his rhythm. Even Mitchell, he's struggling. You know, they, they talked about it a lot on the call today. Mark Mitchell's trying to find his identity. I, I thought he had his identity, right? Glue guy, plays hard, rebounds, does a little small thing. So what happened? What changed over this last six months, right? So – I think Duke has as high as a ceiling as anyone, and they did the same thing last year. We kind of got down on them, and all of a sudden they won the ACC, and they're 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 rolling right. So um, that's something that I, I think once they get healthy with Proctor coming back off this break, they will be fine. I don't want to get too down on them, um, but they did look good tonight, and if they can keep that up. Um, I like where they're at. but their their benches their their benches their, their depth is which is not something we usually see with Duke, right? Not a lot of depth. They got like five and a half guys that can really get out there and play. So um, I, I think this, the sky's the limit. For, I think this is their floor. They're, they're going to be fine. And, Jeff, I, let me real quick. I know we got to move on from Duke, but, but I, I just want to say this. 
that's that the the issue is the recruiting rankings. Everyone, you're like, why aren't more people talk about? And this isn't against John Shire because like I recruited Stewart. I love Stewart when I was I, if I had gotten Stewart, I love T.J. Power. I would still be coaching at Georgia Tech if I got those guys coming. And I say all that to say to, to say that, but you could, you know, there's a lot to be said for evaluation. Everyone talks about recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. I get that. That is the whole key. But recruiting comes with evaluation. People, people sometimes get enamored with numbers, and people are putting numbers by guys. It's nothing hey, against. I, I think you did early. I think yeah. you would admit you did at Memphis when you took over early. Am I, I wrong? Yeah, I mean scouting. I mean that you, you're recruiting the best, but 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 evaluations. Yes, evaluations are so important in the recruiting process to determine. You know, and sometimes again, freshmen it takes a while for them to adjust. As we know, it's not a. It's it's a, it's harder now than ever. You know, it takes time. But but but. People get caught up in the rankings or is that, but maybe the evaluation, everything's about evaluation. And again, those guys are really good players because I've seen them. Stewart, Powers, yeah. they can play and they're going to be good as, as John mentions, the year goes on. But people get caught up in that and all this, and I'm not saying the coaches, I'm saying fans. Me, and so you think you have, you're overrated when really they're good players. They're just, it's going to take time and they're not just one and done, even though they were ranked high. It doesn't mean you're going to be right in right. Look at the guy from Harvard, the freshman. Uh, Mac is his last name. He's terrific. He, he, I didn't see him. I mean, we're. I mean, he. If you could start over the rankings, he would be higher than these what, other guys. What, 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 what if you had a regular course load? What if you had a regular course load? What would you be doing? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> He'd be even better. He'd be even better. You know who's been really good? Clemson, undefeated, one of seven undefeated teams in the country, and, and why? They've got some old dudes. Let's face it. They got a really good coach who's got some old dudes. PJ Hall, oh, man. Chase Hunter. They add Joe Girard, who's been a huge addition because he gives him a shooter. He gives him a guy who's played on and off the ball over the course of his career. He's been a lot of big games, have eyes on him. He's old, like Hall, like Hunter. You know, some of these other guys, Shiflin's been awesome for them. Absolutely awesome. He's just a junkyard dog type guy. Um, where do you guys stand with this Clemson team? Are, are they the team to be right now in the ACC? Uh, I, I think so at the moment. I mean, they've got two yeah. true road wins, which is one of only two teams in the top 25. They they have four top 55 Ken Palm wins. P.J. Hall's playing like an ACC player of the year. Top three in scoring, 10 in rebounding, field goal percentage, 40% on five shots. I mean, you can go down a list. I mean, he's playing like – a man on a mission. So right now they have to be the perennial favorites. Obviously when they play Memphis, we'll get to see what they're doing and, and how they're going to look against another, an old Memphis team, right? That's going to be a battle of second contract NBA guys potentially, right? So it's going to be a fun game. Um, but yeah, Clemson's got to be the favorite right now. They're, they're playing the best. They're, they're undefeated. You got to give them their due. Yeah. I mean, look, he's playing nine guys, Brad Brunell, who's, I think he's the winningest coach in Clemson history. He's he's really really good. Nine guys in double digit minutes. PJ Hall's a stud. He's shooting like forty percent from the three, fifty some odd percent from the field. Joe Girard is a Girard or Girardi who I loved him at Syracuse. The guy's he's an older older guy. He can flat out score. He shoots the three. Clemson as a team is shooting thirty nine percent from three. Like you've got to guard the three against Clemson. And one thing about Clemson defensively. Uh, they, you know, they just, they don't beat themselves. Like they, 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 every time you play them in the half court, you, you have to earn yourself buckets. They're hard to score on. They're, they're, they're really good defensively. They are, as you mentioned, Jeff, they're an old team that's well coached. And if you're talking about it today, they should be the favorite to win the ACC. They should have got in last year. They had 14 wins in ACC play. I think the only reason they were not in, I don't know if they had the, you know, they lost to Loyal Chicago and the Louisville loss. That hurt their net rankings. But 14 wins in the ACC. But based on what they've done in non-conference, as long as they don't fall off, they're getting in the tournament this year. And they have a star. And that star is P.J. Hall. We had a chance to catch up with them earlier. All right, now pleased to be joined by Clemson star P.J. Hall, uh, veteran, South Carolina native, and playing as well as anybody in the country, not named Zach Eady. 
All right. I'm going to say anybody not named Zach Eady this year, PJ, no disrespect, but that big man is a, uh, he's a force and he's a, a dominant human being playing basketball right now. I don't say not nobody's name though. No. And listen, <laughs> you, you, you've been unbelievable this year. And, and I think one of the big things this year in, in, in kind of you taking that other step is just health, right? I mean, a year ago, you you came into the season and you weren't a hundred percent. You would come off surgery and a couple injuries, and it took you a while to get going, didn't it? Yeah, no, it definitely took uh, really the majority of the season. <clears throat> uh, you know, I had a lot of stuff going on trying to figure out how it was going to be used that year. Just because I was, you know, like I said, not healthy. Uh, I had about a four and a half month recovery that was done in three uh, three months, and so. Coming into the season, I wasn't in shape, wasn't my leg wasn't strong enough. I didn't have the entire preseason to, you know, work on my craft, work on my skill, had a lot of rust on me. So coming into the year, it was kind of like, all right, do what you can and try to be effective in certain ways. But, you know, at some points it's kind of like, what else can you do? Uh, but you know, coming into this year, it was a whole lot different. Night and day, really. And, and night and day with this team. I mean, you're undefeated, one of seven unbeatens left standing. A uh, huge pickup in the portal in Joe Girard, you know, bringing over a veteran. He just gives you that balance. Like you're an older team, right? You're an older team, and he is easy to kind of assimilate into your program, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like on and off the court. I mean, he's such a good dude, uh, easy to get along with, jokes around with all the guys. Right away, it was like that. So, I mean, having somebody like that in the locker room that's easy to get along with, like I said, and it's, just uh, makes your team that much better uh, because you enjoy playing with them. You want to see them succeed. And uh, it's been a blast playing with them so far and, you know, hanging out off the court, eating, playing golf. It's uh, it's always a good time with Joe. Yeah. I hear you kind of get your butt kicked most times. playing. That's golf. what guys are saying nowadays, but I mean, Hey, you know what, after the season, we'll, we'll, we'll try to, we'll try to clear my name. We'll try to clear my name. All right. You got to work on that. You got to get to the, uh, the range or something. Uh, yeah. Good thing is it's good weather all the time. So you could probably steal yeah. a, a round <laughs> or two uh, during break. Uh, all right. Here is my big question for you. I don't want to get you in trouble, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Is Clemson now a basketball school? <laughs> hey, I'm not going to say we're a basketball school. I think we're an everything school. We just won national championship in, in uh, soccer. We uh, We had one of the best teams in the country in baseball last year. Football is everybody's saying we're down in football. We finished in the top 20, I believe, or something something close to it. I mean, last year we had – what, did we have 10 wins last year, 11 or 10 wins? Football, I mean, I think we're in everything school. So, I think we uh, we have one of the best athletic programs in the country uh, athletic-wide, whether that be baseball, basketball, football, uh, softball. Softball is loaded every year. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a blast to play here, man. All right, I'm going to give you a date, and you tell me if you remember what happened this day. Okay. January 30th, 2021. Uh, is that when we played Duke? Yes. When, when people, yeah, I, people, I, did, I people went <laughs> RIP to, to PJ Hall that day. <laughs> do, you, hey, do you remember that? And what, what, what do you still get people talking about Jalen Johnson? And that uh, no, I mean, I have, I have teammates mess with me every now and then. If I ever like razzle or razz them a little too much, they just immediately like, send a gif of it or send a screenshot of it in the group chat or something. But other than that, I mean, like it was a heck of a play and, and not a good business decision by me, but I'll tell you what, I'd do it again. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, that, Listen, that's what I love about you is, you know, your toughness and the way you play with like, you play with the way college basketball is supposed to be played. You, you, you could tell you have fun doing it, but you play really hard. And, um, you know, this year, you know, look at, your production you're so much more efficient again whether it is the injury last year certainly hampered you but but I think it's maturity as well and in your decision not just the fact that you're shooting the ball better from three but I think it's more of your decision making than anything else like your know, first couple of years um you know your turnovers are probably a little bit higher than you would have liked uh now you're making really good decisions whether it's facing up or out of the post and, and you know, I think that how much of that is is just kind of maturing, figuring out again where you and having teammates that frankly are can make shots and make plays. Yeah, I mean it's huge, you know, being able to um, create for others and stuff as well. Because I mean, I have so much attention a lot of times on offense, but now that we have guys like Joe Girard, last week Hunter Tyson, who's uh, drawn a lot of attention too. So uh, one thing I think that helps me with you know not turning the ball over is I had that 
three or four months this summer to practice and stuff. So being able to <clears throat> play that entire time, uh, not miss any practices or workouts, that bleeds over into the season. And you're comfortable, you're you're ready to play. I mean, you're just kind of like frothing the mouth, ready to go out somebody else other than your teammates. And so <clears throat> that was, I think, the biggest key. And then obviously, you know, being older, uh, being a little slower, laying my mind and stuff, calming down a little bit, which, I mean, last year I wasn't necessarily riled up. But like I said, it just, I wasn't wasn't all there all the time, yeah. All right, maybe the front runner for ACC Player of the Year right now, P.J. Hall of Clemson. How about Clemson? Plus 550 right now, Hanson, to win the ACC. Your Carolina Tar Heels, plus 200. Uh, are you standing by your Tar Heels right now? I know they lost to UConn. I was there at the Garden last week. How do you feel about Carolina today? I, I love how they're playing. They're looking like the Carolina of old, the way they're shooting, scoring the ball, playing together, running a little more, defending as well. So um, I do like them to potentially be, you know, up there with Clemson to win it. Obviously, I'm a little biased towards my Tar Heels. But we have a five-game stretch coming up where we have Kentucky, Oklahoma. And on the back end, we have Clemson at Clemson. So, you know, I would love to get all three of those games, also those games between, but um, – I think if Carolina can get two of those three top 15 wins and maybe go to Clemson and try to steal one there, now we're talking. So uh, I like where we're at right now. We're going to be able to control our own destiny, which is all you can ask for in college basketball. Yeah, listen, they're, they're an old team. They play a young Kentucky team in Atlanta, the CBS Sports Classic, uh, Saturday. When we come back, we're going to talk about Josh and I's alma mater, Arizona, the number one team in the country. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM Sportsbook for this college basketball season. We're going to be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and predictions throughout the college basketball season. And we are going to have special offers for you, the listeners and the viewers on the field of 68, each and every week during the season. If you haven't signed up with BetMGM yet, use the bonus code FIELD1500 and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager on BetMGM Sportsbook. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD1500. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. You will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if that bet loses. Just make sure you use the bonus code FIELD1500 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient for me when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly. When crossing state borders, just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to. And most importantly, I got to let you know, we do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts, my personal favorite, parlay odds boosts so download the bet mgm app today all right welcome back field of 68 after dark i'm jeff goodman here with josh passner john henson and uh, josh it's time to talk about our alma mater the number one team in the country the arizona wildcats and going into the year in the pac-12 i think people thought it was wide open myself included you know i just didn't think arizona would be this good at all, not even just this this quickly. I didn't think they'd be this good at all this year. Uh, but Tommy Lloyd's done a great job. He's added some transfers with some athleticism, uh, defensive-minded guys like Keyshawn Johnson. Caleb Love has been really good, really good. And I got to give him my props. Uh, as hard as it was for John Henson and myself to watch him a year ago in Carolina Blue because I just didn't think – he played like he should have. I, I didn't. I, I had higher expectations for him. And I felt like he didn't guard a high level last year. This year he's guarding. Josh, are you willing to say that this Arizona team, going into the Purdue, the Purdue game Saturday in Indy, is the best team in the country? Absolutely. There's no denying that, Jeff. Uh, I think Arizona is the best team in the country. Um, I think they're really, really good. Um, you know, look, it's, it's, it's a lot of games to be played. And this sat game versus Saturday, Saturday versus Purdue is probably the game of the year to this point. I mean, we could see these two teams competing for the national championship later on in uh, early April. 
Um, and whoever wins this game probably has the upper hand on getting the number one overall seed in the tournament. That all being said, I think if Arizona gets past this game, which is going to be a semi-home game for Purdue, they have a real chance because you know they still got Alabama and they still got playing Florida Atlantic and Vegas. I think Alabama is in either Phoenix or, or uh, San Diego. But they get past those games and really get past this Purdue game I'm not saying they're going undefeated all the way, but what I'm saying is literally every game they play, they are going to be favorite to win and and more talented than every team they step on the floor, probably head and shoulders above everybody they play once they get past this Purdue game. And um, so, I, I mean, look, they're averaging over 90 points a game. They're pl- they're like plus 16 or plus 18 on the glass. I mean, they're just smashing teams on the glass. They move the ball. Tommy Lloyd has done such a great job in his third. I mean, this is his third year. He's already won National Coach of the Year. I mean, he's on pace to like be the winningest coach in the history of college basketball as much as the guys won in his first three years. They, they are really, really good. Caleb Love's playing at a high, high level. I think their X factor is Keisha Johnson, the transfer from San Diego State, Jeff. What he can do defensively because he's so multidimensional on both sides of the ball, but he can switch one through five on the defensive side. I don't think people talk enough about Pella Larson. Like he's older and he's really good. So they've got really good guards. They're tough. They're physical. They play downhill. They, they're, they're so good in transition. And let me just say this. What they did against Wisconsin, who was playing as well as anybody in the country, to score in the upper 90s against Wisconsin, one of the known as one of the best defensive teams, and they were Wisconsin was coming into that game as one of the best teams on the glass on both sides of the ball. Arizona just destroyed them in both those areas. It just shows you how powerful and how good Arizona is. This is a monster game on Saturday. As much as people are going to be talking about the – the Zach Eady and 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 Crevis and, and Balo matchup, so much of it's going to come down to the guard play on who wins that part of the matchups. Uh, and I think the X factors could be could be Arizona's Keisha Johnson at the four. I just think that's a big X factor for them. They're they're athletic, John. They're athletic, and yeah. Purdue is not the most athletic team in the world. Can Arizona go to Indy where it's going to be a pro pro? Purdue crowd and come away with the win. With the win, I think because it might be a pro Purdue crowd that Arizona is going to win. Maybe not as much as it would be neutral at home. I I just think matchup wise, from the guard play, you know, obviously Zach Eady is who he is, but I think they could put him into. I think they could put Eady into a blender, man. Run the ball, get him moving up and down the court, you know, and and kind of make him a non-factor, and and then. Like, how does it sound? Caleb Love, the leading scorer on the number one team in the country with career efficiency <laughs> across the board. Like, this is – Are you okay with that? Wait, wait. wait. Are, are you okay with that, John? I, I love it, man, because you know what? He went through that fire. He took that on his shoulders, man, and he's came on the other side. And, and Coach Lloyd, I was listening to a podcast today, and Coach Lloyd loves him. He's like, I, I haven't seen any of the stories that they say. He's done everything we've asked of him. Um, so I love what he's doing. Essentially, the best player on the number one team in the country shows you what Carolina had in their stable last year. So I'm glad it's working out for him from a perspective of, of a player. He's a good kid. Um, I do think Arizona wins this game. I, I think it's going to be close, but um, I don't think Purdue at the moment can do much with them. All right, so it's time to talk about Vaulted. Uh, Vaulted's an app that allows you to participate in daily cash prize pools without an entry fee. It's the place to store your own bold predictions forever. And by using the Vaulted Challenge feature, you can prove you're smarter than your friends. So go download the Vaulted app and give it a try for free. Vaulted is spelled V-L-T-E-D, and it is the app to challenge your friends, store your predictions, and join daily cash prize pools without any entry fee. Download Vaulted today. All right, so I went in, and my Vaulted prediction is that your guy, Hanson, Caleb Love, and he's now kind of my guy because I bought back into him, that he scores more than 16 points against Purdue. Are, are you with me, John? You think he's going to – in in the big games, he, he kind of tends to show up 
and go big. Now, they're a balanced team. Are you with me here or are you you're going against me? I am going to lean towards Caleb Love's maturity and maybe he does not have 16 points and he just plays within himself and they get the win. Um, I'm going to go under. I'm going under that. All right. Jeff, you know who played quickly, Josh? All right, go, uh, no. go ahead, Josh. They beat Purdue. And I listen, I know how hard winning one possession, forget just winning a game, winning one possession is hard. But who in the Pac-12 is even going to – can they run the yeah. table to the NCAA tournament? No. And no. Come on. You're out of your mind. You I, are out of your I, mind. I'm not, they got to get by Purdue first. But I'm Josh, telling you – Josh. Colorado's every, a good team. Utah I, I, I just beat BYU. 100%. They're 100% they're good teams. I, I know, And they're, they're very good Josh, teams. Josh. Was, is Mike Bibby on this team? Gosh, is Mike Bibby, is Sean Elliott all of a sudden in this team? Arizona talent-wise, talent-wise, the way they're playing and their depth, they are made, probably head and shoulders above everybody in the league right for this year. I'm not talking about it right for right now. I'm not saying they're going undefeated. I'm just saying every if they get past Purdue, they go into every game favored and probably more talented than any time any team that they play. I, again, winning is hard. One possession of just trying to win a possession is hard. I'm just saying that this year's Arizona team is is darn good to this point of the year. I think they're the clear favorite at this point. They they are the clear favorite. I will give you that. But that would be the boldest of bold predictions coming from Josh Pastner that Arizona runs the table in the final. Josh, it's not that bold. Josh, it's not that bold. It's not that. It's not that. It's not. Josh, I understand what you're trying to say. Out west, they don't have that many problems if they play the way they're supposed to play every night. I mean, they're 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 talent-wise, they're just head and shoulders from. <laughs> I mean, and in the end, I mean, you you it's it's a lot of it's about the players you have. I mean, they've got great players, and and hey, they've got they've got very good players. All I'll say is to put it in perspective: is so far their big wins have come against a Duke team that's not ranked. Well, they are ranked, but they shouldn't be ranked against a Michigan State team that's not ranked. And yes, they blew out Wisconsin at home. They're a very good team. I want to see what Saturday they can do. Saturday is a huge Purdue. game. It's all about all right, Saturday. Next up, hey, now we're going to get to the real segment, for real or fraud. Next up, make sure you stick with us. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM Sportsbook for this college basketball season. We're going to be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and predictions throughout the college basketball season. And we are going to have special offers for you the listeners and the viewers on the field of 68 each and every week during the season. If you haven't signed up with BetMGM yet, use the bonus code FIELD1500 and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager on BetMGM Sportsbook. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD1500. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game you will receive up to fifteen hundred dollars in bonus bets if that bet loses just make sure you use the bonus code field 1500 when you sign up and remember bet mgm is now available under one wallet in select states as a new jersey resident this is super convenient for me when i have to go cover games in new york or philly when cross the state borders just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to and most importantly I got to let you know, we do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts, my personal favorite, parlay odds boosts. So download the BetMGM app today. All right, welcome back. After dark, I'm Jeff Goodman. He's Josh Pastner. He's John Henson. We'll, we'll continue that battle on last call at midnight on Stadium, Josh, because that was uh, that was entertaining. No question about your Arizona love. And they have, uh, and, and I'm being, and Jeff, I'm doing it as an, as a, as not as an alum or anything, as, as more as a basketball, seeing that their talent and how they're playing. And they got to, and I said, they've got to get through Purdue first because that's going to be a tough enough challenge to do that. But if they do, they're, they're rolling in a way that anytime they play for the remainder of this year, they are going to be the favorite to win the game. All right. We're going to play a game now. Of for real 
or for fraud uh, or the fraud, whatever you want to say, real or fraud. All right. And I'm going to start with you, Henson, because I know you're going to come strong on this one. Uh, we'll start with Michigan State, the below 500 Tom Izzo Sparty right now. Are they for real or a fraud as an NIT team this year? They were preseason top they, five. They are for real in NIT territory. Oh. They're four. They, listen, through eight games, they have the worst record for a preseason top five team in the last 40 years. I don't even know what it is for four and five. You know, Coach Izzo talked about, you know, he kind of implied, hey, I can't use some of the tactics that I used to kind of do to get my guys going in the previous times, i.e. shoulder pads in practice, right? These are things that these compliance and things like that said I can't do anymore. Um, There's sub 500 in December, which is when you're supposed to get your wins up, right? So, yeah, they're, they're for real an NIT, potential NIT team right now. And they're going to have to come in a Big Ten play and probably be four or five games over 500, which I don't think is going to happen right now. Well, the hard part, Josh, is that the Big Ten is not loaded like it's been in the past. So it's not mm-hmm. like they're going to get nine teams in this year. They're going to be lucky to probably get more than seven in. And, uh, man, I, I just can't believe we're saying this about a Tom Izzo coach team that brought back almost everybody. Yeah, I mean, look, they're obviously not playing well right now. I, I, a couple of things that stick out when you when you look at even at their stats, like a Tom Izzo team, Coach Izzo's teams never get out-rebounded. Right now they're even on the glass with their opponents if you look at the stats. I mean, that's just not a Coach Izzo's team. I mean, when you talk about a Coach Izzo's team, they just, they just beat you up on the offensive and defensive rebounding, kind of like what a Coach Sampson team does at, at University of Houston. And, um, you know, they're – they're not shooting the ball well. That's a big thing right now. I mean, they're under 30% from three. They had, you know, obviously they had all their guards coming back. The guards aren't playing well. They're just not putting the ball in the basket. They're they're not scoring at the level that needs to be scored at. Uh, free throw line where they usually in the past have had great advantages of of the of the free throw attempts and free throw maids. And right this year again, and they're even with their opponent. Look, Coach Uzo's been in this situation before. People try to count him out, and he's been to 25 straight tournaments. So if there's anyone that can fix it and can get it right, it's him. Now, you're right. This year in the Big Ten, there's maybe not as many quad one opportunities right now as they've had in the past to win some of those games. I thought that game versus Nebraska was a big game. They needed to pull that out. But that was – you know, and Nebraska's a good team too. I think they're, they're a little bit underrated this year. Now, their next two games, Michigan State, is – you know, they got Baylor – coming up Saturday, which obviously is a hard team to play. But then right after that, they're playing Oakland, which is not a gimme either. I mean, and, and, and they've had some real close games with Oakland. So these next two games are going to really could tell the tale. Either they can turn the season around because you get a win against Baylor and Oakland, it can change the fortunes. Or if not, you're really digging yourself in a hole. And, and look, I, watching Coach Izzo's press conference, I mean, again, the guy's been to 25 straight tournaments. He's a Hall of Famer. But you could sense his frustration. You could sense his, like, this is not how my teams play. This is not us. And 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 uh, you could just – you can sense his frustration through the press conference. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not tough enough. They get nothing out of their five men at all. Um, and, and the guards, other than Tyson Walker – have been up and down. Like you said, Jaden Akins hasn't been yeah, Losing Hauser, I don't think people understand losing Hauser, that's a huge loss Kill. offensively in the half court. Maybe not as much in the defensive end, but the spacing that he allowed and his shooting ability that he had opened things up. And when they needed a bucket or design a play, he had, how many big threes did he hit last year just to, to get him out of scoring droughts? I think they really miss Hauser. All right, the next one, Henson. Uh, the defending national champion, UConn Huskies, who just, again, I don't want to keep reminding you of this, but they did just beat your Carolina team uh, at Madison Square Garden days ago. They will, spot. <laughs> they, they will repeat. UConn will repeat as national champions for real or fraud. Uh, I mean, I got to go for a potential for real. Um their only losses to Kansas at Kansas. They handled Carolina pretty well, which is a high-level win. Um, 
if you look at all the rankings and statistics and analytics. Um, and their offense has been elite so far. They're third in efficiency, and they're not even really shooting the ball that well right now. Right. And they look good, and they they have they get the most unguarded catch and shoot attempts, uh, jump shots per game at fifteen point three, which means they can be better. They run good stuff. So they run good stuff. Yes. And, and so that is kind of scary when you look at them from an offensive standpoint. And defensively, they have the athletes, they have the length, they have the size, they have the want to, they have the coach that's going to hold them accountable. So that is a 100% a real thing, them being able to potentially repeat as national champions. Um, as you can see, they're better, right, than last year almost. <laughs> Josh? Yeah, I think, Jeff, I think UConn probably doesn't get talked enough about uh, with the chance to repeat. I mean, they're, 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 they're absolutely outstanding. Um, when you're looking at, you know, one of the key things that they do not do is they do not turn the ball over. I mean, they've only got like 98 turnovers in 10 games. That's, that's less – that's in single digits they're averaging on, on ball security. I mean, just that alone. I don't care if it's football, basketball – baseball, hockey, soccer, when you don't turn the ball over, you have a great chance of winning the game, and they don't turn the ball over. On top of that, they have a great guard in Newton. I mean, the guy is – not only can he score, shoot it, and, 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 and pass with great consistency on assist, he's a big-time rebounder from a guard in Newton, Tristan Newton, one of the best guards in the country. Um, they're, you know, they're shooting over 50% from the field. They are and the, and, and and they play they their toughness is what Coach Hurley's about and you know I, you always talk about 50-50 balls and those loose balls they win almost all of them I mean that's and they set the tone with that and they pride themselves on that and um, I mean they're just they're physical they're just tough they've got they've got really good players um, you know they're just they're a really good basketball team. And, uh, I, I, you know, obviously, look, and, I, and we can't re, re forget now last year, Jeff, they didn't dominate the Big East. I mean, they, they were, you know, they were up and down, and then they got into the tournament and they got so hot, they really were never challenged of a close game. But, and, but they did not dominate the Big East. That's what makes March Madness so amazing is you can just get hot, and they did. But right now what they're doing is they're dominating. They're dominating, and will that continue in the Big East? I think they have a good shot of doing that. And um, they're really good. You know what the scary thing? Here's the scariest thing about UConn. Donovan Klingon has still been hampered by both feet. Have bothered him. One foot in the preseason, he missed a lot of time. And now the other foot uh, has bothered him. It's nothing. It's nagging. But he hasn't been healthy. He hasn't been dominant like people thought he'd be. And then Stephen Castle, who could be a lottery pick, has played like three games. So he's going to get so much better, and he's their big-time athlete. He's their best perimeter defender. So, man, like, they can get so much better, and that's what Dan Hurley was kind of telling me the other night uh, after that game. All right, next one, Ole Miss, head coach Chris Beard. They're undefeated. They're one of seven undefeated teams left. They beat Memphis. They just came off a, a win at UCF. Are, are they a Sweet 16 team, Henson? Um, just because of Coach Beard's track record and, and what they've done as up to date, I, I think, yeah, they're, they're a sweet 16 team. Um, they do need to get some quad one wins, which is coming up soon. They'll have a chance, but they're doing what they're supposed to do in reference to college basketball, where any game teams could be upset. And we've seen a lot of upsets this year. So I think you have to give them credit for doing what they're supposed to do, winning the games they're supposed to win, stealing a few that they aren't. And going into SEC play, undefeated potentially. Uh, Flanagan looks like a number one guy. He was Auburn's fourth leading scorer last year. So where was that? And then, you know, they haven't even unleashed Musa Sisse yet. They haven't even unleashed him yet, right? They're kind of holding him back a little bit. So I think this is a for real thing to make the Sweet 16. They, they can do it with the with the coaching pedigree and the uh, talent. Yeah, they're, Gosh, their, best, their, best, their, best, their best recruit was Flanagan's dad. They got him over from Auburn who brought his son, and he's <laughs> yeah. he's been really good. Defensively, they're holding teams under 40% from the field and under 30% from the field. Coach Beard's teams are big time defensively. It's going to be interesting once they get the SEC play, but they've been great to this point. All right, thanks for joining us tonight. 
After dark, make sure to go over to Stadium Next for Last Call. I'm Jeff Goodman for John Henson, Josh Pastner, Dagan Hughes. Thanks. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.